Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to those of you watching online. If you would, stand with me. Hold your Bibles up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, just a, a little warning that you'll be seeing your children sooner than you thought. Uh, at the end of this worship experience, we have a special children's presentation, so please don't leave because you won't find your kids in the classroom. Just give you a hint. So after I receive the offering at the end of the worship experience, we have a very special presentation for you moms. And this is a hard day for so many and uh, for so many reasons. As I think about mothers today, I think about uh, my mother who has not known uh, any of us for the last five years, is currently in assisted living here in Moore Acres. And uh, it's always a, a hard day for me uh, in the last five years. And there are so many of you that have experienced your hardships, miscarriages, and uh, maybe you've not been able to uh, become pregnant as a woman that really wanted a child. And, and so I want to be very sensitive to all of you because as much as we celebrate moms today and as wonderful as it is, we must always be aware that there are very precious women in this world who are fighting and struggling through not being able to have children. And so today we are very aware of that and praying for you and those of you watching online and believing God that you will get through this day. Uh, as special as it is, it does come with challenges and difficulty. Um, you know, there is no handbook uh, for uh, parenting. Uh, there just isn't one. I mean, uh, it's, it's very difficult, both moms and dads. Uh, we're going to have some special presentations from some ladies in our church today that they're going to talk about this since, uh, uh, you know, as a man, it's very difficult to talk about what it's like to be a mom because I think it's a very unique challenge. Um, you have this uh, desire to nurture, and uh, that's so much more real, I believe, in you than it is in a father. And uh, with that nurturing gift, if you will, comes the challenge of discipline and how do I handle my children and what do I do when they mess up. And, and uh, you know, I remember that my mom used to threaten us with, wait until your dad gets home. And... Uh, we always hated that because we knew dad could swing a belt a lot harder than mom could. Now, when I say that, this generation has no idea what that really means. Uh, they've not been introduced uh, to that because supposedly, what do we do with our kids? It's so wrong to spank them. And yet the Bible says, if you spare the rod, you hate the child. And so I believe that one of the challenges in our country today is that there is no uh, consequence uh, for behavior, wrong behavior in the home, and that it's considered abuse. And the reality is a lot of the abuse now that we see on uh, television uh, and on the media is a result of people who have never, ever experienced consequences for wrong behavior. 
and I say this carefully and respectfully, uh, Pastor Jesse goes into prisons every week, and he can tell you that I'm telling you the truth, <laughs> that uh, many incarcerated today are not bad people. They just never suffered consequences for minor infractions, and now they're in prison for major infractions. And so with that said, uh, being a mother is, is that great challenge, is the tension between how much do I nurture and how much do I discipline. <clears throat> One person <clears throat> put it this way. You can ask yourself three questions as a mother. Is anything on fire? Is anyone naked? Is anyone bleeding? If you can look at your kids and answer no to two out of three, then congratulations, you're a really good mother. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it is a challenge. That was, that was always, my kids are growing up, I always ask, is anyone bleeding? If the answer was no, I thought I'll get there in a minute. Uh, because, you know, that was a pretty good sign that maybe something was broken, but they weren't going to bleed out. Uh, and so there's that great challenge. Uh, just read you some thoughts from children, uh, some notes to moms for Mother's Day. This is from Angie, eight years old. Dear Mother, I'm going to make dinner for you on Mother's Day. It's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like pizza and popcorn. <laughs> this is from Robert, also eight, uh, from Portland, Maine. I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle. I got, it. I got you this year for Mother's Day better than the snake I got you last year. <laughs> now, I was studying this yesterday evening, and I had a nightmare about a snake last night. So that one really stood out to me, you know. I'm sure you mothers have received some really funky gifts from children. You know what I'm saying? And looking at what they've created for you, you know, the, the picture that they drew that you have no idea what it is, but you ooh and ah over it like you've figured it out. It's so beautiful, and you have to put it up in, in, in your home somewhere, and you hate it because it, it doesn't match anything because you don't know what it is. This is from Eileen, nine years old, from Baltimore. Dear Mother, I wish... Uh, Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. It would be better if we it were on Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school. <laughs> Are you feeling the love, moms? <clears throat> Motivation is very little about you. This is from Diane from Cincinnati. I hope you like the flowers I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them myself when Mr. Smith wasn't looking. How do you... <laughs> yeah, that's a teaching moment, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks for the flowers, but thou shalt not steal. This is from Billy, age nine. Dear mom, Arthur and I promise not to fight all day on Mother's Day, your son. From Carol in Los Angeles, dear mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be a parent and, and sure a challenge, I'm sure, being a mom. I... I want to present to you our, our very first video segment of interviews that Susan held with some mothers in our church. So, Jaden, if you'd roll the first segment, please. What is the most difficult part of being a mother for you? The most part, difficult part of being a mother is teaching the hard lessons, trying to do the right thing even though you don't know what that is at the time, and just trying to be there for them and help them to grow. What would be the most difficult part of being a mother? The most difficult part, to my opinion, is the uncertainties that life brings. Um, I'm sorry. 
it is going back as a single mom. You don't know what life brings you, but you depend on that love that God, the unconditional love, and then through it all, we make it through. So the uncertainties, sometimes you feel like you're not doing a good enough job or am I disciplining them the right way? Those are the most difficult part, but through it all, we made it through. Since you have six children. <laughs> yeah, since I do. Six. <laughs> what is the most difficult managing all six of these children? Um, getting out of bed in the morning, probably. Um, going to bed at night, you know, really, it's, it's all, it really is all hard. I just have to really choose, um, I have to choose my battles, you know. I am not the disciplinarian in my family, and so a lot of times it's just really great for me to say, you know what, dad's going to hear about this, and I don't have to worry about it, and he comes home and takes care of it, and, you know, I just get to enjoy being with my kiddos, not sweat the small stuff. So what would be the most difficult part of The most difficult part, there's plenty, but I would have to say lack of sleep, exhaustion, um, just the constant fear of feeling that you're failing as a parent. Um, the teenage years, definitely. Um, <laughs> I have one that is finally out of the house, but then I have babies. so. The hardest part is just the juggling of needing to be there for them and your husband and household chores. And, you know, it's just this constant pull of things that you're kind of demanded to do as a mom. Well, there's, there's some input for you right there. Uh, what are the difficult things in your life? What are the things that you can identify as a real challenge? Um, I could speak about all the wonderful things that mothers do, and historically I've done that, but today I want to speak to um, our obligations and responsibilities as Christians, as mothers, as fathers, a little broader sweep uh, today, talking about the very first thing that I believe is the greatest challenge for any mother. And uh, as I've pastored throughout the years and heard story after story from mothers, is uh, loving without the expectation of reciprocity. Uh, how many of you know that probably many of your children have yet to wish you Happy Mother's Day today? And it's not they don't love you. They're just dumb. <laughs> Forgive me. But they don't get it. They, they just don't get it because they haven't, they haven't raised a teenager yet for the most part. Now, some of you are old enough to where your kids have teenagers, and, and, and now there's this incredible repentance from your, uh, your daughter going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is what it was like? Absolutely. It's the circle of life. It just continues on. And, and this is where I would say, that, that if I could encourage you and say another year, don't, don't think about the rest of their life. or you, Just think one more year. And eventually they are going to be out of the house, but can I tell you something? They're never going to be out of your checkbook. <laughs> I don't care if they leave or not. How many of you know it's a different day? 
And it's a new day, and, and, and as a result of that, we're doing things a new way. Uh, there are so many components to, to this day that we didn't have when, when we were young, and I, I know I'm sounding old, and it's probably because I am, that we look at this generation, and, and it's, it's different. And as grandparents, many of you who are mothers and then grandmothers, it's very challenging not to look at your daughter and go, this is not going to work, trust me. And, or, or this might work, trust me. But the Bible tells us that love is the most important of all things and that love never fails. And in the midst of the greatest challenge and, and you're not perfect and I think this is gonna be the one thing that, that every mother's thinking about today, what did I do wrong? What would I change? What could I, what could I do differently? These are the questions that we ask when, when our kids get older and, and oftentimes, if not most of the time, we feel like we have failed in some area because every season is different. When children get in their 20s, they're excited about getting married and having kids and life and so on, and they get caught up in their own world, and uh, they have their own families, and that becomes a little bit of a challenge because you're no longer as important in your mind as you used to be. And maintaining a, a love without feeling important is a great challenge that you just want your kids. And if, if you're a kid watching, which you might be, or you may not be, but I would say this to children today, please, please be very, very aware uh, that it is important that you, you say, I love you. And those of us who are older, I will see my mom later today, though she won't know who I am. We, we must always remember that words have power. They have strength. They, they last forever. They stick. And that if you say something long enough, there's a good chance that it will start becoming true. Uh, we believe, therefore we speak. When God created the world, he spoke. I would say this, love gives expression, it has action, and, and, and the words of love that we speak are very, very important. And it is very challenging during those teen years when your teenagers are... Uh, disrespectful, dishonoring, and you, you just really would love to reach out and touch someone. And I don't know how many of you have ever asked the question, why did we have so many? I've asked that question. <laughs> and when, I had no idea it would turn out this way. Because at 16, I was on my own. <laughs> my dad said, love you. You can sleep here, do your thing. That's how I thought it would be. How many of you know, not anymore. Millennials count your home as their summer home or their getaway home, and it's, just, it's a different day. Secondly, love always comes with sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this than he laid down his life for his friends. So we see the connection between love and sacrifice. If someone says they love you and yet they sacrifice nothing, you can always question that love. You can't love someone without sacrificing something or something of yourself. And this is where I look at you mothers and I go, wow. It, it amazes me, first off, that, that for nine months, you're living life for two people. I mean, it's, it's almost like weird. It really is because, because you're eating for them, you're breathing for them, you're losing sleep for them, and it's at least nine months of sacrifice that when they're born, you're going, done, 
He's like, you've been in the oven nine months, I'm already exhausted. But we must always remember that Christianity and as followers of Christ, we are always called to sacrifice. There is never a season in life whether it's when your kids are 20, 30, 50, 60, there's never a time in life when we're not called to sacrifice. And not just for our children, but let's just say you have no children today. What do I do? Christianity means living a life, a sacrificial life. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to enjoy life, but it means that life does come with sacrifice and that, that it is difficult. And I think the greatest question that we ask, and this is the question you're about to see answered by these women, is what would you change, what would you do differently if you could do it differently? Jaden? Is there anything you would do differently? What I would do differently, one thing, I tried to do things different than how I was raised, and I sheltered my, my children. And if I had to do it all over today, I would do, do that different. Because going out in the world, you know, I, I, I prepared them, but I wished I would have prepared them even more. Yes. What, if anything, would you have done differently? Um, I would go back 10 years, and I wouldn't be so hard on myself. And I'd throw on the swimsuit, and I'd play in the water with my kids, and I'd not worry about what anybody else thought. And I just have fun. Because those are the moments they're gonna remember. And I want them to remember me as fun and not just the mom who's always sitting on the side of the pool watching. If there's anything you could change in all the years of parenting these children, what would that one thing be? What would I change? I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I would change having a broken home, you know? There's not much I can do to fix it. What's done is done, but you know, it breaks my heart. It, there really is a lot of um, sadness that my kids have to grow up with that. So, was that real enough? Absolutely. If there is anything you would do differently, what would that be? I don't think there's anything that I would do differently um, because it was a journey, a long journey, and through it all, we learned to trust in God and learned to trust in Jesus. So through it all, made it through. You can see the different responses and, and with good reason. Uh, he loved uh, every one of them. Uh, Brittany, so it was. I, I was watching that being filmed and opened my big mouth uh, at the end because she had a lot of good things to say after that. What she said was, I wouldn't change what I have now because of her love for her husband. What she's honestly saying is, this is the part of the challenge which Susan and I face and so many of you face, the difficulty of, of, of blending and how you love a blended family and how you love through that. And you wouldn't change the person you're with now but the reality is uh, that, that we have to look and say, if I can't change uh, where we are, I can change how I think about where we are. And that is so critical is you, 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 you look at your children and I, you know, I look at mine and I, I look and I go, well, you know, there are a lot of things I would change if I could. And, and you got to love Suliana and 
her great response. If you haven't met her, you need to meet her. She's our, our uh, staff person here throughout the week. And uh, just a great person, a great mother. All these women are so awesome. I, I was a little shocked by Suliana's response until she finished it. And I thought, what a great outlook on life, you know. And all these women had a great outlook. But I learned some things that, that there are things we can never change. I can't go back and there's no do-over in parenting. How many of you know that? Uh, and there's always that one thing that stands out in your mind. And, and this is the, the third point is you, you got to love sacrifice and then have patience. Uh, patience is a virtue, whatever that means. It's not something I was really gifted with, uh, and I wish I was. And so many of you mothers, you, you get to the end of the day, and it's like the, the child that you held in your arms and loved so much you want to kill, you know, especially at 13. I, I, can I just kill you? Would that be okay? And, and, you know, then you feel bad about it, and, and maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. But the reality is the challenge, I think the greatest challenge, especially for moms, is because you're so caring and so nurturing that when you have those moments, you judge yourself harshly. And I would challenge you today, you know, as I speak to moms, don't be so hard on yourself. You're not perfect. And, and you know, we, we want to raise perfect children, and, and, and yet you can't have perfect children when, when they come out of the womb of an imperfect mother and from the seed of an imperfect father. There's no hope of having perfect children. I think the greatest hope that we could possibly have is not their response to us, but our response to them. Because they're kids. They're never going to say thank you as often as you'd like or think they should. They're never going to be as responsive as you would, you would hope. And, and in, in this, on this day, some of you already are saying, well... I don't know if my children are going to call me. I wonder if they've forgotten about it altogether. And, and all those questions run through our minds. And, and uh, a, a lack of patience creates a tremendous amount of frustration. And, and I love when I read about Mary and Jesus. Even though Jesus was perfect, he frustrated his mother. Think about it. This is Jesus and Mary, two of the most... Uh, probably wonderful people. We know Jesus is, but I'm thinking Mary had to be pretty special, all right? This morning, I'm feeling a little Catholic here. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but if God told me I was going to raise his son, I'd be scared to death. Quite frankly, can't, well, God, can I spank him? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Jesus gets out of line, and he was on this particular, listen to this. In Luke chapter 2, after three days, they found him. They've been looking for Jesus for three days. And they found him in the temple courts, sitting among leaders, listening to them and asking them questions. He's like 12 years old. Everyone who heard, heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, can't you hear it? Son. Come on, moms, you feel that. Why have you treated us like this? I love this. It brings out the humanity, not just the deity, but the humanity of Jesus and his relationship with his mother. Moms, it's okay to be frustrated. It is okay. Now, if this was Father's Day, I would say it's okay to turn a big ring over and thump him on the head. That's how come I got dents everywhere. <laughs> but it's okay. 
You're not perfect. You get frustrated. Those things happen, and we have to work through them. And so we have to be patient with them as Mary was patient. God was so patient with us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine the patience of God when he's looking from heaven and seeing a rebellious people on earth? And he says, this, it doesn't say he demonstrated. It says he demonstrates, which means it's living on throughout today that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. It would be wonderful to think that we would be done with our jobs at whatever age we would like to pick or select. We're just not. And what I would say today, mothers, is this. If you don't get a call from your children, call them and say these words. I just want you to know it was so awesome being your mother, and I'm so honored to have you as my child. We sit around and listen to me here. This is very difficult to say because of my age and my own children. Because in my mind, the children ought to be calling you, flowering you, caring for you, loving you. But that sometimes does not happen. Think about what God had to choose to do when nobody was doing that for him. And he looks from heaven and he sends his only son. Knowing that he would be rejected. After giving the greatest gift of all. And you've given the gift of life to your children. The greatest gift of all. And like God, we must look and say, I have no expectations of them, but I do have expectations of myself. And that I will do the right thing. And I will do the loving thing, even if nobody does anything. And I think this is what's so incredibly important as we look ahead and think we're going to have to be patient. Number four, be present. Be present. As a mother, as a dad, I don't know, every now and then Susan will ask me, you know, we're, we're still raising two boys, and she'll ask me, what are we doing? I just look at her sometimes and go, honey, I have no idea. <laughs> and she'll look at me, and we don't have any idea. But we're old enough now, and we've raised seven kids already collectively, so we're not totally dumb, but we are totally numb. And so every now that we just look and go, we don't know. And that's where I love Suli's response. We just trust Jesus. We just trust Jesus. Jesus looked to heaven and go, God, help. Help. I know I should know better now, but help. I don't. We've raised all these kids and we're still looking and scratching our heads going, what do you do? And maybe that's because we all need to remain students. We all need to continue to learn, be more patient, and simply be present. I was reading a story written by a woman who's now in her late 70s, a retired professor, telling the story of sitting down with her mother when she was 50. And her mother had now passed, and she said, I recorded a conversation with my mother, and I would recommend that you do this if your mother is still alive. Turn on your recorder on your phone, and ask your mother, what was it like growing up? What were the challenges in your life? 
What were the best parts of your life? I remember sitting with my dad just six weeks before he passed away. It was just he and I in, in the living room where I grew up. Everybody was gone. It was just me and him. And I asked the questions, but I didn't record them. I would suggest that if you have the opportunity, sit down and have that conversation. I'd give anything if my mom was in her right mind today to say, Mom, what was it like growing up? What were the things that excited you? Where did you and dad meet? What was that like when you met him? What was it like? What did you feel? Were you in love immediately? I would ask a million questions today. So as a pastor and a leader, I can't do that, but I can ask you to consider doing that. And you know what? If your kid doesn't ask you, say, you know, could we sit down and have a conversation? Because I want to leave something with you when I'm gone that might help you, that might bless you, that you could pass on to our grandchildren. Please, let's have that conversation. This last segment is about defining moments, and I believe that kind of conversation is what leads to defining moments. And these are very, very, I think you'll agree that all of these women did a fabulous job of authentically expressing uh, what they go through as a mother. So, Jaden, run the final segment, please. Can you recall any defining moments? <clears throat> the biggest defining moment happened two weeks ago with my little girls. They, we were on our way to school one day, and we were talking... They said, Mommy, we had a really hard time falling asleep last night. And I said, oh, you did? And they said, yeah, we just decided to pray and talk to Jesus. And at that moment, I knew that I was doing everything right. I mean, that was it. What, if anything, would you do differently? This is a hard one. I'm not sure I would do anything differently because, as we all know, there's not a parent handbook. So there's not a right or a wrong way to parent but i feel that i have did my part i've taught my kids respect um to treat others how they want to be treated and the love they have for god is just i mean it's just so rewarding can you recall any defining moments anything that stands out in your mind well actually i have two just recently happened the first one, my uh, second oldest daughter, Shantae, um, she was playing music upstairs real loud in the morning, six in the morning. I was ready to go upstairs and just really tell her some things. But when I walked in, I walked in on her worshiping the Lord. And when I walked in, I backed up and I'm like, oh my goodness. But at that moment, I stopped worshiping as well because I said, Lord, you touched her. And Lord, she loving on you. Lord, I thank you that you, that that you are real to her. So I was glad to see that. That just warmed my heart. And both of my daughters are in um, medical field. Each one of them came home telling me about this one particular older lady in the uh, um, nursing home. And they was describing her and I'm like, okay. But they, they loved her. So I, I wanted to see this lady myself. And when, when I went to the nursing home to see her, she was 98 years old and she loved them as well. And when I seen her, I said, you're a little angel. You're just as sweet as you want to be. And she died Easter Sunday. So, but I'm, it, just, it just made me happy to know that they had the heart to know, to recognize someone that, that's a good person. That's what they seen in her, yes. Can you recall any defining moments? Um, my defining moment is, is a little different than probably what other people would say, but um, 
I just, a couple years ago, my daughter um, got accepted to go and sing at Disneyland. And I just felt so proud of her because she worked so hard. And, um, and that's a big deal to me. Music and, and singing is a big deal to me. And just to see her work that hard and to, um, to get to where she was and to know that at her age, she's so much farther than I've ever been. And it was just so, like the feeling of pride that I had was just so amazing. You can see that it, it, it's a blessing when you, you have that moment, capture it, remember it. Um, I, I didn't see uh, Brittany's uh, the, on there, I, which I may have missed, but her comment, their defining moment for her was when her son, at, at, as a teenager, uh, she'd come into the room to uh, uh, correct him. And uh, it was a little strong verbally. And basically he said, Mom, if, if you, you know, I know what I did was wrong. Yelling at me is not going to help. <laughs> It was a divining moment for her, and, and that really moved me because I would have been like the male version of her, uh, where I, I have the ability to elevate a little bit. Not that that's bad, Brittany, you know what I'm saying. You're just a passionate, wonderful individual, people like us. But, but that really touched me because what she realized was, and, and that defining moment was, it probably changed everything for her in, in remembering that sometimes as parents, our passion is so great for our kids that, that we miss what we're really trying to do. It was a teaching moment, a defining moment. Don't lose those moments. It's very, very important. And so I, I want to just, again, say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. It's always a little different worship experience on, on Mother's Day because um, it, we're trying to speak to everyone and yet honor uh, mothers. And we do honor you today, moms, and say Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for... Uh, for moms, uh, what a unique role, what a difficult task to carry a life in the womb and deliver it and nurture it, care for it as best as possible. And uh, we just bless moms today, God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you watching online, just take a moment. I'm going to pray a prayer that... Uh, I don't know how anybody parents or even lives life without being a follower of Christ, number one. And uh, we need God. We, we all need God. We need, we need the wisdom of God. We need the assistance of God, the power of God, the strength of God. And uh, we don't get that without asking. It's available to all. But God will never dump it on you or any of us. He will, he will give it to us as we, we ask. So I want to pray a prayer. And uh, if you're not a follower of Christ, upon praying this prayer, you will be uh, as you pray a prayer of repentance. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sins, and I call you my Lord and Savior. Amen.